Hello and welcome to episode number 70 of the WP Cafe Show with me, Keith Devon, and my co-host, Mark Wilkinson, who is feeling a little under the weather today. So I'll do a bit of an extended intro and keep Mark's uh, chat to a minimum. <laughs> now I'm sure I'll have plenty of say in this week's episode. Um, thank you for joining us today. If you're uh, watching live on YouTube, uh, welcome. Um, please do say hello in the comments uh we love to know that there are people here and engaged as always like we love we love a bit of a a conversation in the comments and we often we often dip into those throughout the show um to try to answer questions and just uh highlight what people are saying in there so please get involved um if you do like the show please consider liking on youtube or subscribing uh, and also we're available as a podcast so if you're listening along and you're not currently subscribed please do consider subscribing to the show so we've got a few topics uh to talk about today um we're gonna chat a little bit about coding with ai uh like ai assisted coding i guess we'll call it um potentially some other uses of ai that we've been kind of dabbling with recently i do understand that like the whole ai topic is a little bit saturated at the minute and people are probably a little bit uh weary of it all but uh as i sort of am but you know there's some interesting stuff going on and we've we've used it a couple of times to some with some interesting results recently um we'll also chat a little bit about quotes so sending out quotes for work uh, and getting pushback on those quotes. Uh, we had an experience recently where this happened. Uh, so we can chat about that a little bit and uh, talk about how we handled it. And very interestingly, we've had an email through in the last hour uh, that is relevant to, to that conversation. Uh, so we will talk about that a little bit. Uh, and then I think just at the end, if we have enough time, uh, we'll talk a little bit about extensibility and plugins and themes which I know is a topic close to Mark's heart. <clears throat> Mark, are you ready to say any words? <laughs> I am ready to say words. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've just got a really bad cold, um, yeah. bad headache, but I'll muscle through. I'm all right. So we'll see. other if than you hear that, any coughing and spluttering and sneezing and sniffling, then it's me. I'm sorry. So other than that, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Had a good week this week. I enjoyed it. And, uh, yep. And some good uh, good stuff. Um, Done some development, which is always nice. Yep. Which is good to get stuck into. We've got uh, a few projects on the go with one of our big clients. Got some things to do on that, which has been nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, more integrations of our product job relay and more inquiries about RecPress, which has been really good. So yeah, all the good stuff. It was interesting. It's not a topic but that I listed, but it was interesting this week. We had a monthly call with one of our clients and uh, turns out that we, we were kind of leaving quite a lot of money on the table um mm. he'd asked us to quote for a few things last month and we hadn't done it you know and it was like uh, on that call he's like you know am i sending you too much work or something like that and it's like no we just haven't i don't know why i don't you know anyway i just thought that was interesting that like make sure if if people are trying to give you money <laughs> you uh yeah, you're a bit more proactive than we have been in the last month um little little mini lesson for us there don't don't leave money on the table when it's like yeah available um for sure coding ai what <clears throat> what have you been up to regarding this recently what are your experiences so probably ooh, 
two, three months ago, maybe more mm. actually, maybe less, not sure. I, I installed and um, subscribed to the GitHub Copilot um, AI thing, tool, <laughs> whatever yeah. it is. Um, I think it's £10 a month, or it might be $10 a month, it's one or the other. And you get a free trial for a month as well, so you can give it a shot if you wanted to. And it installs into your code editor. So I use Visual Studio. And you install it, and it's really easy, because I managed to install it. Often these things are quite convoluted, but this is really easy. And it kind of watches what you code in, and suggests things, and answers things, and... It is remarkably clever. <laughs> I can't yeah. get over how how good it is and how good it has learnt what I am coding and the sort of things I'm doing and then how it's obviously suggesting for things like that. And I think it it's got me thinking that you it really changes the way you code because I don't know about you guys when you're coding, but you, you look up so many things. You know, we're not all sponges we don't remember everything mm -hmm. so you oh how do i do a switch statement or how do i get the terms of a post in wordpress you, you know you you've got to sort of sometimes work it out and, and go and have a look so you you jump onto the codex or you'd bang it into google and then you'd get so many resources and, and you'd find the answer whereas now i just find myself literally typing a, a comment in php you know get post terms and then press enter and then github copilot literally puts the right code in, usually the right code in, literally for what I want to do. Um, and then you just hit tab, and then you're off and running, basically. And it's how it's been and learnt what I do and the way in which I write the code as well has been incredible. So it, you, it's such a time saver. Do you think it's saver. been... Is it specific to you? Do you do you feel like it's picking up your coding, or do you feel like it's just it just knows what you're trying to do and it knows best practices? And well, it it feels like it's knowing my coding. Whether it actually is or not, obviously I don't know. Um, but it, it it feels like it it's giving suggestions for the thing that I'm working on and for the project mm -hmm. that I'm working on, which I guess is quite plausible. It could be because it can presumably see all the code in my project. Yeah. Um, and can see other repositories maybe that I've got in GitHub that it mm. knows the sort of things that it, I don't know, but it does feel like that. Yeah, definitely. But it's also been really good for stuff that, like, I don't write a lot of JavaScript. I do write some, but I don't write a lot of JavaScript. And when I do write JavaScript, I find myself thinking, like, what do I want to do? So I might think, well, I need to search for this string within this string and replace it with something else. And like, I just don't know how to write it in JavaScript. So I think about writing it in PHP and what you're doing there. And then I'd have to go and look it up. You know, how do you do this in, in JavaScript? And then someone would, you know, you could find an article on it or whatever. Whereas now I can just type the comment and it literally, mm. <laughs> it tells yeah. me how to do it straight away. So it's been much, much quicker to code, much, much quicker to code. Remember yesterday we were on a call and uh, we were integrating a RecPress site and we wanted to write a little short code that would output something in Elementor for us because we couldn't get Elementor to do it. It, it should have worked, doesn't it? It should have this dynamic tags ability where you can pull data from a post, but it, it didn't want to show our taxonomy. So I said, let's just write a little short code to output this and we can stick that in a text block. Um, and it literally took me about four minutes to write this short code, even less than that, just because GitHub Copilot essentially wrote a lot of it for me. And then I'm just checking it over and, and, and seeing if it's working. So yeah, if... Um, 
if you haven't investigated it, mm. I would highly recommend it. I do think it's worth 10 quid a month. It will save you a lot of time. Um, but yeah, give it a go. You get a free trial, so it's worth just giving it a go, if, if not, uh, just to see what it is for you. Yeah, sounds, sounds really good. So Pixels and Things Plays is commented. Um, I've been using Copilot more each week. Really useful. It's like having autocomplete within the editor. That's pretty much exactly what it is, isn't it? Yeah, but it's um, kind of it's kind of more intelligent and, and yeah. better than autocomplete. Um, it has context for what you're doing and and what you've asked it to do. So I found I comment my code a lot. Controversial to some people, but I do. I comment almost every line as to what he's trying to do. And I do think that helps the co-pilot to understand what, what code you might want to put next. Um, mm -hmm. It seems to be that that's the case. So uh, that certainly helped me with the comments, definitely. Yeah. Um, Elliot has commented, AI encoding is super handy. It's definitely halved the time it takes for me to code. I mean, that is, that's massive. Yeah, huge. That's massive. He says, I use Cody, which is a LLM large language model. Uh, that learns your code base. You can let it loose on any code base. Interesting, Elliot. Uh, why did you choose Cody rather than something like GitHub Copilot? Um, and interested to know the differences, if if you know. Um, yeah, super super interesting. So I've been. I I'm not using Copilot currently. Um, maybe I should be, but a lot of my work is kind of more front end. I don't know if it works with CSS. Maybe well, I don't know how. Maybe. Um, I should probably look into that. And I do do JavaScript work, so I could I could use it for that. But I did use ChatGPT recently. I have I've got a ChatGPT window just constantly open now, uh, and I'm just find myself just using it for more and more things. And actually, I wish I used it more than I did. There's so many times I'm like, why didn't I not just throw that in the ChatGPT and see what it said? Um, so there's a interesting little scenario this week where we wanted to take a bit of code actually from another plugin this tiny little snippet this little function uh and incorporate it into into RecPress. um but we looked at we looked at this function and it was jquery i was like oh god i don't want to i don't want it to be jquery within within RecPress. i don't want to don't want to be relying on that um i i'll just like I'll make it native JavaScript. It's fine. And I thought, oh, bet ChatGPT Chat could do that in like three seconds. So I just said, can you convert the following into native JavaScript, i.e. not jQuery? Please explain the changes that you make. I find that asking ChatGPT to explain what it's doing is really, really useful because then you can potentially catch things that it's not doing right um, or like potential like consequences of things that you might not have thought about. So I just, and then I just pasted in the code, um, and then it just it just gave me this code. I we we tested it; it worked straight away. Hmm. Um, but then I found that actually that little snippet didn't cover a particular circumstance. So it was it was a click event when you click submit on this form, such and such happens, and actually I needed that to be also fire whenever the form is submitted by pressing the enter key. So I thought, okay, uh, I wonder if I can get ChatGPT to do that as well. Um, and interestingly, and uh, you know, it's probably because of the quality of my prompting as well. But it gave me the original function, and then it gave me a uh, add event listener function for an enter key. Um, if 
one of the folk if the focus is currently on one of the form elements but then didn't didn't run that same function so it was like then put your code here what you want to run when the enter key is pressed and i was like well i want to run the same code that you wrote before so i told it that i said hi i want the same code to be run for the two events i.e the click event and the enter key dot event should both fire the same code chat gpt comes back and say i understand your request to run the same code blah 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 here's the updated code and again, there was something wrong with this as well. So there was like, and then I said, so in both scenarios, the data href is present on the submit button element. Can you modify the above code to reflect that? Because it was it was starting to look for things in really weird ways. Um, so we basically pass the href that it needs to run the function on the submit button. And it was looking for it somewhere else, not on the submit button or asking for it to be passed in a different way. So things weren't kind of quite right. So again, I asked the question, ChatGPT came back with an answer that wasn't quite right. Uh, one of them being that I was I asked it to look for a class that started with a particular string, and it was just looking for the class of that string. So I I said that I was like I want to look for the class that starts with that string. Um, again, and then it came back. Um, I said please re regenerate your code to reflect that. It did it. That was pretty good. And then the, and then it changed. While it did that, it changed something that was working before. So then I said, no, the click event should only be fired when clicking this button. It was now fired every time you pressed a form field or yeah. something like that. So it, it had, you know, it's not intelligent. It doesn't yeah. really know what it's doing. And we've got to remember that when we're working with these tools. And I said, but this was correct in your previous examples. Can you Can you make it only fire on click of this button? It apologized for the confusion, um, <laughs> which I thought was very polite. Uh, and then, and then That's gave because me because you were saying please, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then gave me a new bit of code. Tried it, worked. I I was polite back. I said, "Nice, that's working." And then, and then on your on your point about comments, Mark, I just said, "Can you please add brief comments to the code to describe what is happening?" And it so gave Mark me a commented, commented exactly. It gave me a commented version, and the comments were were really, really sensible and like, cool. well, yeah, well positioned in the code, and yeah. So there you go. It was, it's it was, it was, it it was pretty fascinating. I would say though, I don't know. It saved me loads and loads of time because I had to go through all those steps. It probably did. It probably did. Like, I think it probably would have. Um, but if if it got it like bang on straight away it would obviously be amazing but like i say it's it doesn't i didn't give it that much context so mm. it did a pretty damn good job it's interesting looking at the example i mentioned previously was when i wrote the short code yesterday though because when we first pasted that into the to the site to run it yeah um it didn't run did it and nothing got output well, that's um no sorry sorry it did run and it, everything got output but it had screwed up the page layout of the page yeah so it was like, what, what's going on there? So we had a look at the code again, and you pasted it into ChatGPT, didn't you? I did. And said, like, what's wrong with this code? And it, it basically came back and said, like, nothing. You, you're doing this right. You've you've started output buffering. You, you're cleaning the buffer when you return it and so forth like that. Yeah. When I looked at the code, I'd actually written the comment that says start output buffering, but I hadn't actually done obstart. So it didn't. What? But but ChatGPT thought well, that it had. I'll, I'll tell you. Comment. I'll tell you exactly what it said. So it, yeah, in the code, you wrote a comment like you said, yep. start buffering the output, and then there was nothing underneath that. So yeah. that was a comment. And in ChatGPT's response to, "Is there anything wrong with this code?" 
It said, buffering. The code correctly starts output buffering with ob start. No, no, it didn't. 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 It, it yeah. didn't. Uh, and then I asked it afterwards, are you sure the output buffering is correct? <laughs> I apologize for the confusion. Upon closer examination, there's an issue with the output buffering in your code. Specifically, it's missing the initial ob start function at the start of the buffering. So fascinating. Like in one sense, it seems so, so clever and so intelligent, but it just gets stuff wrong. It's like having a junior developer, like like just yeah. acting instantly on whatever you want it to, to act on. I say junior. I, I mean, it's better in terms of knowledge than a junior, but uh, yeah, just it gets stuff wrong. Use it right, haven't you? That's, that's mm. the key. I think your, your prompts are really important. To, yeah. to what you ask it and i think like you said asking it for reasons as well because it, if it gives reasons that you don't agree with then you might think it's wrong and therefore you can you can kind of work it out but yeah i think it's a great starting tool if nothing else and uh it's definitely definitely speeded things up for me and sounds like it has for you as well so yep should we jump into some comments go for it um, so Elliot has followed up with my question about why he uses Kodi instead of Copilot. He says, I use Copilot as well. I just got a free trial for Kodi and loved it so much. Any Git repo can be fed into it. So if you're unfamiliar with a code base, it will learn it for you. Mm-hmm. And then he also says, the, import- the important thing about AI is to know what code you're asking for. You need an understanding of what AI is giving you. Yeah. It's not perfect, so you'll still need an understanding of uh, of what it's churning. Um, I sometimes simply ask for an example. I then cherry pick what I need. I couldn't rely on what AI initially feeds back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. I wouldn't be throwing that stuff directly uh, directly into any production code without doing some serious checks first. Um, Cameron Jones. Hi, Cameron. Um, just on my on my point there about uh, my form JavaScript, why not just check for form submissions instead of clicking and hitting buttons? Uh, it's because it's not actually a form. This is some third-party output uh, that already has its own JavaScript running um, that we're basically trying to intercept and do something differently with. So uh, I don't think there is a form submit. It's all done with their JavaScript, which we're hijacking, essentially. So, yeah, otherwise I would have done something like that if it had been available. But it works well at the moment. Yeah, we'll have to test it, but it's working yeah. well. Yeah, really good. So, Just a little add-on to RecPress. I'm just trying to think what else I've been using ChatGPT for recently. You had an example. You was t- telling me about using it with uh, calls and um, transcripts and things, but we haven't done it yet, but something you mentioned that would be interesting to do. Oh yeah. Take, take if we if we could record our calls with with potential customers for our products, and then it produces a transcript for you. Then you could run those transcripts through AI and then start asking questions about you know what are the most problems that people face with the the websites or yeah you know what were they hoping that the product would would do for them and that sort of thing. And then hopefully AI could summarize all of those those chats and give you the sort of key pieces of information. So um, yeah. And that could be something. it seems like Microsoft are already on the case with this. Um, I think it's also called Copilot or something like that. Um, yeah, where it looks at all your business things. Yeah, and it basically looks at everything within your Microsoft 365 and sticks a chat GPT style uh, AI on top of it. So you can just, 
ask it anything, query anything, ask like gives you insights on this, that, and the other thing. Like what what is what day does client X res- respond to fastest? Or I I, I don't know. Like <clears throat> you just imagine how ultimately powerful that is. Um, yeah. And yeah, Google, especially, I'm sort of surprised that Google are seem way behind on this. We we looked for it yesterday, didn't we? For the yeah. Google kind of business suite, um, they don't seem to have. They had something, but it didn't to seem to be very consumer to... focused. It was dev focused at this point. Yeah, I think it it's probably not quite in the right stage, is it yet? But it seems as though they're, they're on it, but they're not. They're not got something ready at this point. So yes, we'll see. Yeah. It seems as though like that's an obvious thing, just to copy Microsoft and do something that's the same because it's yeah. the same product, really, isn't it? So well, and you can imagine <clears> with <throat> the autocomplete, like Gmail does a pretty good job already. Well, it does a pretty good job. It's very, very basic. When I'm type, when I'm, you don't really use Gmail, you use your own email client. But when I'm writing an email in Gmail, it'll suggest autocompletes for the end of a line of text. So it knows I'm about to write kind regards. It knows I'm about to write, you know, X, you know, whatever. Hello, yep. such and such. Um, but, you know, we do a lot of support, you know, so we're getting the same kind of questions in. So how long is it? Presumably not very long before within gmail it knows understands the question that's being asked by the by the customer and actually knows the answer faster than we do um because yeah, it's it read through all the emails all of our support week. documentation all of yeah. our whatever else and it'd just be like well here's the answer just like chat gpt does for so much already yeah be good um yeah it'll be there it'll be coming fascinating yeah, yeah. let's world. move on to our next topic which was uh quoting for a piece of work so we had one of our customers wanted to build a new um well i call it like a page template essentially in wordpress these days you might not build it like that with blocks and so forth but Mm. they had a design they wanted to improve the sort of landing page for insights or resources or blogs or something like that and sort of bring different content types together in sort of one landing page and uh we spent some time chatting with them about the requirements. They got designed to us. We gave some feedback on the design, and then we gave a quote. And what happened then, Keith? I wasn't surprised by what happened next. The quote felt high to me in the sense that I knew we had, I knew it was justified because the approach that we were going to have to take was going to take like approximately X amount of time, and hence we charged X amount. And there were lots of new elements on this page design yeah. that we would have to build, like we couldn't reuse them from the existing designs. Yeah. And that was part of the discussion that the client wanted this to be different. From the rest yeah, of the exactly. But basically, uh, we got the, not the dreaded email, but you know, we got the response. This was much higher than I expected. Can you please? What uh, I think? How how long will this take you? Was was the question? How long are you expecting this to take? Yeah, which is a very very dangerous question. Like da- dangerous territory. A because we're not charging by the hour, um, and B because it shows that the kind of trust there is potentially yeah fallen down. Because I because in a way, why does that matter? Do you know? Like, is this worth it to you or not kind of thing? But I guess it does, you know, people don't want to feel like they're getting taken advantage of. And I sort of understand why she may have felt that. Um, yeah, so we did defend it to an extent because um, 
I didn't want to just say it is what it is, take it or leave it, um, because I didn't really feel like that was fair. Um, so I did say, look, you know, we have to build this in this way. We can't use blocks for it. So we are building something from scratch. Um, the styles are different. I'm not going to be able to, you know, ev- ev- everything is new. It's almost like building half a new website. You know, not quite, but like it's it's yeah. getting there. There's a lot of work. And we'd already had two hours worth of calls or something on, on our time. You know, calls with both of us on, uh, you know, conversations between you and me about how we're going to, achieve yep. this what's the best way forward um so yeah the quote to me felt in that sense justified but i could see why i could see why it seemed very expensive because it was very expensive and that basically that's what i said um and then i said if you do want me but yeah their their response to that was is there a way you can do it cheaper uh can you use the block editor so that we can reuse things that we already have. It doesn't need to look exactly like the designs. I was kind of thinking it would be more around this kind of mark, which was half of our quote. Was half? It was half, wasn't mm. it? Yeah, I think so. Um, which didn't leave us a lot of time, you know? Uh, so I said, I basically replied and said, look, I can try going down that route. It would be on an hourly basis. I effectively have two hours to work and build you this template. I don't think I'm going to get it done in time. I don't think you're going to like the end results. Um, but I'm willing to give it a go. But I'm willing to give it my best shot. And I would give it my best shot. Like if if they paid for that and that's what they wanted to do, I'm not going to sit and be like, oh, I don't want, you know, I'll, 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 I'll do my best. Um, but I'm experienced enough to know what I can and can't achieve in that time. Uh, and I know this client well enough to know that they're quite particular. They're not particular when they're giving you the quote. Oh, it doesn't matter if it's this or that. And then whenever you deliver something, it's like, no, no, that's not right. That's not right. This needs change. That needs change. So, I, you know, anyway, so I put that on the table and said, I'll, I'll, I'll do two hours worth of work. Um, and they've come back just about an hour ago and said, no, we'll go with the original. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's um, good, I think. Yeah. Basically, I've spoken to the boss explained why it's pricey we'll need it to be finished professionally etc so they're happy to go ahead so i mean i don't know what the lesson is there i think i think it's, the lesson it's hard <laughs> yeah i think the lesson is that this stuff is hard and I, and i guess the outcome i think is the right outcome for everybody because i don't think the outcome of having a go at it for two hours would have actually been what what the client wants no so we're going to get the right outcome, and therefore I think probably the way we handle that is probably all right, actually. Yeah. Um, how so, do yeah. how do our um, listening along? How do you deal with that um, if someone objects to to a price and basically says that that it's too expensive? How, how do you normally go about uh, dealing with that situation? I'd really really love to know from people from people watching. Um, I think everyone could learn from this must because it happens a lot i think yeah, yeah yeah definitely definitely um one more topic i think we've got we've got extensibility and oh, plugins yeah. and themes with wordpress um yeah i think this i'm not sure why we added this why did we have this um we added this because <laughs> your brain's a bit fuzzy today mark i think isn't it, it is yeah uh we added this one because you had 
a tweet about anonymous oh, functions yes, being used to register hooks or something. That's right. That got people very passionate about defending their way of doing it, which was... Um, but also a lot of agreement. Uh, yeah, essentially, yeah. I think I think when I read the tweet back... Oh, let me just get the tweet up and ask yeah. what it actually was. It said, in the tweet, I said, I do wish developers would stop using WordPress hooks with brackets what I think are called anonymous functions like this. And then I give a little example and a little image. Um, they are very hard, if not impossible, to unhook. So if you're a developer and you have this stuff hooked into something, if it doesn't have a name, um, a function name, it's very difficult to unhook. People started throwing reasons as to how you can unhook them. They were very convoluted and difficult. And then people started defending the idea of some people like to use them because if it's a very short function like returning a number or something for something, then you could uh, you could potentially do that. And then, and then some people were suggesting that it was a good idea because if you actually have a piece of functionality that you don't want someone to unhook because yeah. it might break something if you unhook it, then maybe that makes sense. Yeah, I'd kind of argue though, but and I guess it depends how a plugin's built, but that shouldn't be added as a hook then. If mm. you like, it should be in the code. I don't know. It's difficult to without seeing the code and understanding it. You know why is it being added as a hook if it's not something that can yeah, be hookable? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Um, but either way, um, I just find it very frustrating as a developer when you have things that are hooked in with an anonymous function and I can't unhook them and remove them, can't make that change, which is difficult. So that was partly what it came up. And then yep. I also had a suggestion this morning on our Better Core Video Embeds plugin which if you haven't seen it, on the, it's in the repository. What it does is it stops the WordPress site from loading all of the um, scripts from like YouTube and Vimeo and all those things until that video is actually clicked. So it replaces the video with the, with the, the thumbnail image and puts a play button over it. And when you click it, then it loads in all the, 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 the iframe and stuff. And um, what, uh, what the suggestion was from the person was that it wasn't accessible because our play icon that sits over the image is just like a div that just says div class play button. It's an empty div, and then I think you've styled it with like a pseudo mm -hmm. element to put the triangular play icon on it. Mm -hmm. And they were saying like there's no clickable thing for a, for a screen reader to, to go at and have a look at. So I went and had a look at it, and it was like, oh, this has been built really well um, because I'd actually uh, hooked in all of the elements. So I just created a hook that's like called, you know, um, output HTML or something like that. Yeah. I had a more complicated name than that, but essentially. And then I had uh, fun callback functions that hooked into that to output the thumbnail, the play icon, the wrapper div, and so forth. So I was able to just get back to this chap and say, um, I, I might well put this in the plugin because it's a good idea, but I can't do it like right now and so forth. Um, but here is literally five lines of code, one line to unhook my function that outputs the play button, and four or five lines to hook in your own uh, function that outputs a button instead. Um, and it's just a beautiful example of like extensible code and how easy it is to sort of manipulate people's code with WordPress when it's been written extensively. And it was just like one of those moments that was like, oh, it's really nice. Like, you know, I'm glad it, glad it kind of works as it should do, if you like. Um, so hopefully he might be able to go away and do that for his site. And then yep. maybe I can uh, add that to the plugin at a later date. Yeah, really cool. Very good example. Um, Cameron has said a few things, Mark. I don't know if you want to address 
couple of his comments. Um, I use anonymous callbacks for my own stuff, but never in something that is distributed. Yeah, a lot of people essentially said the same thing. Yeah. Um, that if you're using it for yourself, then then you know it's 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 yours, isn't it? Um, I'd argue that it's still easy to unhook and hook, so why not just give it a name? But I mean, that's your own personal choice, of course. Um, and then he also said, you're right, they're a nightmare to unhook and it's bad practice. So when you're distributing the plugin, that's that's definitely true. Um, I do use it on my own custom stuff because if someone is wanting to unhook it at that point, then they'll have access to the code base. Then they can just delete it instead. I do yeah. use it on my own custom stuff because if someone was wanting to unhook it at that point, then they'll have access to the code base, right, got you? So they can just change the code itself, meaning that. But like in this instance, you don't want to be changing the plugin because obviously if I re submit the plugin for an update, then whatever they change would just disappear in, in a in a WordPress.org distributed plugin. But um it as I said, it depends what the code base is, it depends what the project is. And it, it depends on a lot of things. But um it, it was just interesting that it got a lot of people um what's the word? Interested in putting their opinion forward, which was good. Yeah. So it was it was a tweet that everyone seemed to want to, to jump into and, and and put their opinion in. But uh, lots defending it, lots lots saying it was right, um, and lots essentially what I think is the right answer is that there's times when it's fine and there's times when it isn't. So pick the times to to do the right thing, basically. Absolutely. I think it's time to wrap it up for the day. Um, as always, thank you so much for joining us uh, for today's show. Thanks for watching along live on YouTube and your comments. Thanks for listening on the podcast. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Um, we will be back next week. If you don't want to miss that show, please consider subscribing. And if you want to support the show, because uh, we are a little tiny show, we don't get loads of loads of people, which isn't a mega problem. But if you if you do think somebody else would be interested in watching um, this kind of content, please consider a like on YouTube. That doesn't take long. Or maybe even like tweeting out something that we do, retweeting something would be really, really nice. A bit of social media love. We don't, we're not too good at that ourselves, but uh, um, that would be great. Otherwise, see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>